everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to this week's uh, Wind Down Wednesday uh, with myself and Lee. Uh, for those of you who are new to the group, um, we run the Pet Accountant, which is an accountancy firm that helps pet businesses across the UK. So this is where all of your fa- your facts, your tax and finance questions will be answered um, and you will get the correct information rather than the tripe that you see in all of the other groups uh, from the pretend accountants <laughs> that are on there. Um, hello, Sally. Yes, we won the football today, which was fabulous. If anyone watched it, the perks of uh, working for yourself, you can have the football on the background whilst uh, you're working. So, yes, we did win. So, fabulous. Right. Today is a very exciting topic and one that I love because I get to argue with Lee for half an hour um, <laughs> about what uh, is allowed and what isn't allowed with regards to your expenses in your tax return. Now, we've we've touched on this topic probably loads of times, but today we're going to focus on what is not allowed. And you may well disagree with what we're saying, and that's absolutely fine. Sometimes I disagree with it, um, but unfortunately, the rules are the rules. Um, and we're not just saying it to be tight. Uh, that, you know, this is what these are HMRC's rules. So unfortunately, we can't get around them. And if anyone tells you different, then please send them uh, in our direction so we can we can have a look. And also, when people tell you um, that stuff is allowable and it clearly isn't, just ask them for the evidence to support their claim. And I can guarantee you nothing will appear because they're talking out their arse. So welcome to this fabulous podcast slash live. And first on the agenda, Lee, what do we have? Drum roll. (laughs) What isn't allowed? Give us the first one. Well, my first one on my list is, it's actually three rolled up into one, but it's fines, penalties, and interest from fines and penalties. So... If you guys have done something wrong, whether or not HMRC's found you for filing something late um, or you've acquired a parking ticket because you were parked in the wrong place, then anything that is a final penalty from doing something illegal uh, is not an allowable business expense. So whilst you can pay for it out of your business account, it just goes as drawings. Now, we should have probably started by saying tonight is going to be based around mainly sole traders although some of these expenses are disallowable for limited companies as well, but some that are disallowed for, for sole traders are allowable for limited companies. So please bear in mind that tonight is really based around sole traders. And if we do come across one where it is allowable in one and not the other, I will let us know, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But certainly as it stands at the moment for both sole trade and limited company, any fine penalty or interest being accrued from from not paying the final penalty, like a VAT bill for argument's sake, is not an allowable expense. You don't receive tax relief of it. And I have had a few of those um, over the last few months, people getting parking tickets or speeding fines or anything like that. Uh, unfortunately, that's a big fat no. Um, and like Lee said, if you're using software and, and you do pay for it out of your business uh, account or the account you're using for business, please classify it as drawings 
and not some sort of penalty because there's quite a few options of different penalties on, on the drop down. So just make sure you classify it as drawings. And as always with free agent, do not fiddle with the bank and do not and use the out of pocket expenses thing correctly. I'm going to say that on every live now. You can you can use some of those drop downs, but if you set up your own drop down, certainly in free agent, because free agent's the only one of them that does it that I'm aware of. You can tick whether it says allowable or disallowable for tax. And if you can disallowable and you create a fines and penalties code, um, then you can put it to that because basically what it does is it allows you to categorize it, but the figure that it gives you at the end on your profit and loss statement will ignore that category. Um, and, and that's ultimately, as accountants, what we do when we go through your, your books, your software, we look for things that shouldn't be in there and add that back in to increase your profit levels because that's what you're going to get taxed on is, is your allowable expenses. And I promise you, maybe next week we'll, we'll come back with a more cheerier topic. <laughs> Last week was on tax evasion, and this is this week's on what you're not allowed. <laughs> so maybe next week we'll have a positive one. Who knows? Um, right, the next one I've got on my list, my very extensive list, <laughs> is uh, massages and chiropractors. Ooh, I've lost neighbourhood. Uh, massages and chiropractors. Now, this one I know always comes up on all of the different groups and we get a flurry of different responses. The majority of people say, no, it's not allowed, which is correct. I understand what you're saying, especially with groomers, that it hurts your back and you need a massage every week, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I agree with you, but unfortunately, it's a big fat no. And anyone that tells you otherwise, please, please give them my email address or our telephone number because... Ask them for the proof. Or ask them for the proof because there was a comment on someone's group. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure it was regarding massages, although I could be wrong. Says. If your accountant doesn't let you put this through, they're an effing moron. And I was like, oh. so I really, really wanted to comment, but I thought, no, I'll not. I will rise above it. Um, but unfortunately, they are the moron in this case because it's not allowed. Uh, and if you get found out, you're going to get told off by HMRC. So although I agree with you that they should because it's a result of your job, unfortunately, it's not. Is, is a play. There's no grey area. There's no, well, if you do this, um, you can't. It's just a categorically no. Um, however, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you had an injury as a result of your job and you needed physio, that is allowed. Um, it depends on the type of injury. And like, like, say someone groomed a dog and they got bit in the hand and they needed, like, if they therapy had- on the hand. It depends on whether there was surgery required, I think. Because, and the problem that we've got here is, is that HMRC relies on test cases that have gone to court. And HMRC claimed that, that those type of expenses weren't allowable. But there was a case that was successful where I believe it was a stunt rider fell off his bike and injured himself and needed reconstructive surgery on his face. He argued that the reconstructive surgery through the NHS would take too long to be able to get him back into work. And because of the line of work that he did, he needed to have it done. It was on his, maybe his knee, maybe his knee. Um, 
and basically he successfully argued that the co- the private cost of having the operation done would allow him to get back into work sooner because it was a result of the type of work that he was doing and it was an accident at work therefore that was allowable and because the operation was allowable the subsequent physiotherapy that he had to have was also allowable but physiotherapy on its own merit was disallowable so it's really complex really complex yeah but just the odd massage because you got a bad back um unfortunately and and that ties in with gym membership as well you know again i see a lot of people always try and uh, put their gym membership through unfortunately that is not allowable and again which i guess is another link is is health insurance but i know you're going to say about the limited company side but for sole traders putting health insurance through unfortunately again is a big fat no um and I'll let Lee explain the limited company side of that, just in case you are a limited company. So basically, as a sole trader, you are your business. So you don't enjoy some of the benefits that you can provide to an employee. When you're a limited company, you are an employee of the limited company, and therefore you can have certain benefits. Now, just because I'm calling it a benefit, it doesn't mean it doesn't come without additional taxation implications. So anything that you receive that is a benefit to you or is a non-cash value, so for argument's sake, health insurance has a non-cash value to it. It is the price of the policy. You personally as an employee will be taxed on the value of that benefit. And you could have multiple benefits that your, your company pays for. So you could have health insurance, you could have dental insurance, you could have a gym membership. But the value of those, the annual charge of what the limited company pays for those, you will be personally taxed on at whatever tax rate you currently are. So if you're a lower rate taxpayer, you're going to pay 20% of the value of that in tax. If you're a higher rate taxpayer, you're going to pay 40% of it as, as the taxable amount. Now, in addition to those taxations, your limited company will also pay national insurance contributions on the value of the benefit. So from our perspective as accountants, sometimes it just doesn't financially make sense Mm -hmm. to allow you to put these things through because whilst you're not physically paying for it out of your own pocket, you are going to be paying more in tax and the company is paying more in tax for the company to pay it when it would just be easier to come from your pocket directly and we'll just class it as drawings. So there are reasons why we say to people, don't put these through. It's going to cost you too much money. But are they an allowable expense? Yes, on a limited company they are, but with extra tax. Um, As a sole trader, no, they're not. Bastards, aren't they? (laughs) They might as well, like, I do wonder, they don't exactly encourage people to, like, start businesses, do they? It's like... Oh, well, you can't have any of these benefits. And so, no, when you when you reach 85 grand, we're going to just take more money off you as well. So it's a bit of a pain in the arse. Right, I'm just going to tick those off my list. Yeah. Uh, what's next on your list? I have any expense that... <laughs> any expense ever. I'm running through. <laughs> so basically any expense that it has arised from an illegal activity. So... And always, that, start, always down the negative route. I know, I know, but 
it, it arose because we had a situation in the week where a client asked us, um, and I won't go into the very specifics of it, but the question was asked, could they fundraise on a platform? And the answer to that was, yes, you can fundraise on a platform and any income that you receive would be classed as income and, and tax, even though it was donated to you through a fundraising platform. The next question that was asked was, can I offer a um, like a, a free prize draw for those people that contributed or donated to the to my fundraising campaign because they wanted to buy an asset. Now, the problem that arose where on the surface of it, this looks like a very simple question, but when you do a fundraising activity and you offer a, um, a lottery, if you like, they, people would get a ticket and, and they, could win, um, they could win something. And, and the question was, could they put the item, the prize item, through the company as an expense, whether it be a sole trader or a limited company. And the problem is, is that when you run a lottery, you might have to have a lottery license. And if the rules of that, there's, there's certain aspects of the Gambling Act that allows somebody to run a lottery under certain conditions where a license isn't required. If it fails those requirements, then you must have a lottery license. Now, what we were unclear at the time is whether or not what the person was doing failed that part and would require the license. Now, if they did require the license and they went ahead and run this lottery, by operating an illegal lottery, the expense of buying the item is no longer allowable because that was part of an illegal activity because they didn't have the permissions to start with to run it and they fell foul of the gambling laws. So any activity that is illegal where you then try to put that expense through the business is disallowed, even if that expense would have been allowable under normal circumstances. So if it's from an illegal activity, it's disallowed. I mean, I feel like that's a bit of an obvious one. (laughs) <laughs> if you do anything illegal funnily enough it's not allowable <laughs> and you'll go to jail <laughs> um right and I, uh, on that note uh, a very simple one after that uh long-winded explanation there from me glasses <laughs> <laughs> lee has a tendency of explaining everything for 20 minutes that could have been explained in 30 seconds basically if you do it legally it isn't allowable <laughs> I just like the story behind it. It's nice. You do. It is. Right. Glasses. And I don't mean sunglasses. I mean reading glasses. And sunglasses. And sunglasses. Well, obviously, and sunglasses. But obviously, people go, I need glasses. Um, okay, here's a scenario for you, if you like your little scenarios. I am a dog groomer, and I need glasses in order to see the dogs that I'm grooming. Allowable or not Allowable. Unreliable, obviously, the theme of today. But why? It's because there's duality of use on them. You you personally require those glasses. The business doesn't, and you still require those glasses after you finish the business and you use them at home. So they they are a personal need, not a business need, and therefore that's where that comes in. Now you could argue the fact that I have to have protection over my eyes when I'm grooming. We completely agree. But in that case, you should have a face mask or protective goggles or via glasses. 
they are classed as PPE, and PPE is an, al- is an allowable expense, but your physical glasses or contact lenses or sunglasses because you like to walk the dogs outside in the sun, none of that's allowable, unfortunately. But you say it's a, it's a personal need, not a business need, but surely it is a business need because if you didn't have the glasses, you wouldn't be able to see the dog, therefore you can't groom it. But that's your issue, not the business's. And the argument could be when you get <laughs> the fancy to groom the dogs. <laughs> see, this is why, you know, I just think the logic there is ridiculous because... But what happens if, like, I didn't need glasses before I start grooming, but then I needed glasses? But what... What, what, if I didn't have the glasses and I couldn't groom the dog, then there's no business. But what was it from grooming the dog that caused your eyesight to deteriorate to the fact I that... I don't know, old glasses. age? Personal <laughs> 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 again. It's not the business fault you got old. Well, no, it's true. I kind of, it's annoying because I kind of see to a point their logic on that one, but also, well, yeah, okay, I'll have to give you that one. I can't argue that one. I tried, everyone, I tried. So if you've got glasses... I said no. Take that one off my list. Right, come on. You probably got a complicated one now. Go on. What have you got? Easy one. Entertainment. Oh, a positive one. Yes. Yeah, you can't get drunk. It's not allowable. <laughs> so basically, any business gifts to your suppliers, to your customers. Now, this is different to advertising, where you can put your labels on and and other bits and pieces where you can advertise your brand. This is where you go and buy a business gift um, or, or, or give a gift to your supplier um, or you decide to take your clients out on like an away day somewhere, like at a football match when you rent a, a football box or, um, you know, you might take them to entry with the, the horses. None of that is allowable. So it can come out of your business account, but it gets ignored for taxation purposes. So Anything to do with entertainment, unless it's entertaining your own employees, when you can spend up to £150 per head um, across the year through multiple events, but must not exceed £150 per head. And that's for your employees only. And if you're a sole trader, you're not classed as one of those employees. And they have to be on the payroll, not a subcontractor. So again, gifts to subcontractors, not allowable. So you could then, if you had employees, you could save that £150 each to like Christmas and have a big Christmas do. Absolutely, yeah. The Um, the important thing is you can spend more than £150, but the moment that you do that, it becomes tax as a taxable benefit to the employee. And again, then they have to pay additional taxation on the party you've provided them. So just be mindful, £150 maximum, that includes that, um, and it's per employee. Could you imagine? <laughs> Come to the Christmas party, but you will have to pay towards it in your tax bill. Um, Abby is put, Vicky, I can't see my computer without my glasses. Can you buy me some? <laughs> Abby, if it was down to me, I would pedal, but unfortunately, Lee would say no. <laughs> um, so no, unfortunately not. Um Tegan's put, I could listen to Lee all day. I know of his weird and wonderful stories. He does go around the houses sometimes. Um, Sharon is put, oh, this is a very good one from Sharon, actually. Uh, what about income protection for illness? Any way to sneak that through? I know what the answer's going to be well, here, Sharon. A clue there was sneak, and if we have to sneak anything, <laughs> <it's>, no. <laughs> you answered your own question there, uh, Sharon. <laughs> 
yeah. Can I sneak it through? No. Thing with income protection is is that the business doesn't require the income protection. It, it's not protecting the business; it's protecting you. And you, you've got to think about it. Income protection is a, is an insurance policy. So as long as you're not claiming the insurance policy, the payout is also tax free. So. If the payout's tax-free, you shouldn't be allowed the initial cost as a business expense to begin with. Otherwise, the, the payout would be taxable. So anything where you're protecting yourself against a downturn in income because of sickness, remember, it's you that got sick, not the business. Therefore, it's it's more of a personal thing than a business thing. So it's not allowed, unfortunately. Which is, I guess is a good thing, because like you said, if you did get ill and it did pay out, you wouldn't want to have to pay tax on that money that you did get. So that's, I can see that, I can see the value in that one. All of the others, I think HMRC needs to have a word with itself and change their rules a little bit. Um, right, I've got one that came up in uh, Bill's group recently, uh, and I was quite surprised at Lee's uh, response to this one, if I'm honest. I was expecting him to go right. in there. Look, you're expecting them to go, I go no. Um, an eye watch. So yes. someone said it was in Bill's group, so obviously they were a groomer. Um, I've just bought an eye watch. Can I put that through because I use it to answer the phone or do messages or whatever you can do on an eye watch? And you said yes. I did. I said and fell off. Del Monte said yes. <laughs> I nearly fell off my chair. Lee actually said, I was thinking then, no, don't be silly. And then I thought, I want an eye watch. Yeah. And, and Why haven't re- we got eye watches? <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason I said yes was was all dependent on what that person did as a business. So for argument's sake, I would have allowed an eye watch for a dog groomer. I would allow an eye watch for a hairdresser. You've got scissors in your hands. You're covered in hair. With the dog groomer, your hands are in water, bathing the dog. And if the phone goes off, it's not as easy to dry your hands to pick up the phone to hold it to your ear. Whereas if it's on your watch, you can take the call there and then, which would allow your business to gain more clients, take the phone calls. Um, you know, whether or not that's appropriate answering the phone whilst the dog is on the table or in the bath, that's a, a, a different story. But the idea behind the watch is, is that it allows you to take those phone calls and, and, and conduct your business in, in times where you may not necessarily be able to. Now, on the flip side, a dog walker who's holding dog leads with the hands in front of them Putting a watch through is absolutely pointless because you still have to pull the watch closer to your, your face to be able to talk. So there's no difference then between holding the phone up to your ear. Um, so it, it really depends on the jobs that you do and whether or not you already have a business mobile. If there's no business mobile, then put a watch through with a SIM card in it. Um, but it's, it's usually either one or the other, um, generally not both. You know what's going to happen now. Every groomer that's listening to this is going to go out and buy themselves an Apple Eye Watch and be like, Lee what said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lee the said. Goggles, so they can watch TV while they're doing things. <laughs> yeah, VR headset. <laughs> um, but that, that is guaranteed it's going to happen. Everyone's going to go out and buy an Eye Watch now. Um, we're, we're, we're supporting Apple. Um Right. Uh, hi, Shannon. I uh, hope you're well. We'll see you in a few weeks in the sunny USA. Right. Um, I've got a few questions. So we'll go through. To music and audiobooks because that's the non business allowed proportion of it. So it's pure. Say that again. <laughs> Say that again. I'm forgetting that she's just said that she can listen to music and audiobooks on the watch because that's the non business part of it, which is why it wouldn't be allowed. <laughs> 
Yeah, Shannon, you don't use it to listen to audiobooks. You use it to answer phone calls to clients, obviously. Um, right, let's go through some questions so I don't lose where we are at. Um, right. Have you run Tony, I haven't. I've still got my massive little okay. Okay. my massive little list, but there's, otherwise I'll lose all the questions because okay. there's quite a few comments. Uh, from Tony, we don't employ, but what about a goodwill payment for emergency planning voluntary aids? No. Again, <laughs> these are, unless you employ people, they're classed as gifts and, and, and donations and bits and pieces. So it's it's only employees that is allowed a, a, a trivial gift um, and, uh, and and parties up to 150. If you if you don't employ, you don't get to use that allowable expense. Anything mm. else is classed as entertaining. Sorry, Tony. Um, from Laura, any help with what's allowable between fixtures and fittings when setting up a green room? I think you 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 explained this quite well last time. You said anything from like the plasterboard onwards. Yeah. So so take a finished wall in the house, and anything after the plastering and painting has been done, you can claim it. It must be movable. So anything that's not plastered over, like cables in the walls, um, is is allowed now. Me and Abby had a chat today and <laughs> with regards to capital allowances on uh, flooring. And it's, a, it's, it's one of these tough things with HMRC. If you have carpet or linoleum, they are allowable business expenses. If what the hell's linoleum? I know. Uh, sort of, <laughs> yes. Um, but if you have <laughs> vinyl or... Anything basically that needs to be glued down, it's not allowable. So depending on what you put the floor, some is and some isn't. So it'd be well, very that's just ridiculous. That again is an absolutely ridiculous. In a green salon, who's gonna put carpet down? Yeah. You're gonna put well, unless you could put the flooring down, couldn't you? So but it depends. Yeah. Glued down is not allowable. What the hell's linoleum? If anyone's got linoleum, I can't even say it on their floor. Let us know. Linoleum. What the hell that is. Wallpaper. <laughs> um, right, Rachel Banks, can you claim liability insurance, phones and mileage? Uh, phones, yes, if it's a business phone, mileage has quirks to it. So there'd, there'd be other questions we'd ask for that. Uh, liability insurance, uh, yes. Yeah. So there you go. Um, um, personal liability and 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 basically pro professional indemnity is all allowable expenses. Um, mileage, you can claim mileage, but not if it's commute. So if it's to your regular place of work, between your regular place of work and home and back again, that's not allowed. And what they class as a regular place of work is any destination that you're going to be going to for longer than 24 months. Um, so anything above that or between those after that you can claim, but not between your normal commuting place of normal place of work and home. Yeah. Uh, from Catherine, if I organise a dog show at my village fete, can I claim expenses, i.e. rosettes? I have a gazebo up advertising my grooming salon. The dog shows advertised as organised by Pampered Pooch. Is that allowable? I need a new gazebo next year. Can I put it through as an expense for advertising? On the face of it, I would say yes. Um, based on some of the information you said there, I would have said that's allowable. 
my one question would be is where these rosettes come into play and uh, you know it is the idea behind these events for you to gain more clients or are you putting on a charitable event um if it's for you to gain more clients then any expense with regards to that organized event would be allowable but if it's for charitable purposes then that does disallow certain things um, but certainly from what you've put there i would generally say that would be allowed fabulous uh, Rachel's put, can you claim for Leeds clothing and walking boots now? <laughs> clothing is, is our favourite topic. If you ask me, I would say yes. <laughs> if you ask Lee, he would say no. <laughs> because it has to be logoed or protective. Yes, it does. And if it's neither of those, i.e. you've got some leggings from Primark to grooming technically no however I think that's ridiculous and I stand by my argument with HMRC that because of your profession as long as you don't go mad I would put the odd pair of leggings through because it makes sense with your job it gets covered in piss and shit and hair as long as you don't buy Christian Louboutin shoes and you know Gucci jeans then yes but no no shoes are Oh, no. no, but so, but technically, it is logoed clothing only and protective clothing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a bit of a that's a bit of one that we uh, we have disagreements about. Uh, right from Heather, Heather, Wendy, sorry, just built a new parlor, bricks and mortar. Sadly, I can't put the full amount through. Correct. Yeah. So my some I can classify as repair, like the windows and flooring. I needed a new water main, and this is causing conflict between me and my accountant. He says no, I say yes. Hopefully capital gains can aid with making the money back somehow. Um, my, without knowing all the details, my gut feeling is agreeing with your accountant and saying no. The water main, I'm assuming when you say you've built a new parlour, um, we don't know whether or not, if this is at your home address, so and where you've said that you've you you're putting some through as repairs, if you are upgrading what's already there, then that upgrade is 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 not an allowable expense. If you repair something and replace something like for like, then that's allowable. Um, but the the bricks and mortar and the windows to go in the bricks and mortar to create the parlor isn't allowable. The water mains isn't allowable it all becomes part of the building and the fabric itself. And if it's a domestic property that you've put on, maybe you've converted a garage, et cetera, I don't know the details. Um, but the conversion aspect of it, again, isn't allowable until you finish the room up to the plasterboard stage uh, and it's been skimmed. And then you can start putting bits through the business. Maybe you need to decorate it. Maybe you need shelving, um, the baths, et cetera. That, those bits are allowable, but... The building, the structure, the fabric of the building isn't. There we go. There you go, Wendy. Um, Vanessa has put, we need to get shares in Apple now. Trust me, everything we own is Apple because Lee is obsessed. Um, if only we did have shares. Um, Rachel, can I claim for an office in my house that I used to do admin? That's going to obviously come down to your utilities. Um we do have a utilities calculator that you can purchase on the group. 
that you can put all your utilities in. So gas, electric, water, home insurance, broadband, cleaning, and mortgage interest or rent. And that's mortgage interest. Brings me on to why one of my points on my list. <laughs> Hang on a second. Um, and you put all of those figures in, how many rooms are in your house, which ones you use for what in the business, and it will churn out a figure to put in your accounts. So if you are listening and you do your own accounts and you don't know what to do with your utilities, especially if you're a work-from-home groomer or you're a boarder, um, then these are going to be really, really important for you. Please get a calculator. You can use it year on, year out. Um, you don't want to pay for it, that's it, it's yours. Um, and it will calculate your utilities figures for you, okay, which is much more accurate than trying to work out all the different methods from the HMRC website. This is why we put it together. Um, so if you are wondering about utilities, then please get the utilities calculator. Um, just put a pin in that way for one second because we've got loads of questions I don't want to lose. Um, gain more, or Catherine puts to gain more clients, but all entry fees are given to charity. That was regard. With yeah, the you see that problem is there's the mix. <clears throat> so you have to decide if it's a charitable event or if it or if it's a business event. If it's a charitable event, none of the costs are allowable. If it's a business event, then all the costs are allowable. So it's it's it, that's a real tough one. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Maybe have a have a chat with us um, later in the week, Catherine, about that. Um, from Kaylee Hambley, what if you want to put welly boots through for your staff? We buy our staff their footwear. I think Kaylee's a limited company. Well, I could be wrong. If it's a limited company and it's made available to all members of staff, then there are certain things that you can put through. And again, does that member of staff have to give those wellies back when they leave? And is it part of their uniform? If it's part of their uniform, then Yes, they, they, it's allowable. If they get to keep the wellies when they leave, it's a taxable benefit and they need to be taxed on them. Fabulous. There we go. Um, yes, you can re-watch this. I'm listening to it on the podcast, which is the Pet Accountant podcast, where we've got loads. If you haven't checked it out, please go and subscribe to it um, because there's loads of uh, different topics that we cover on that podcast um, they do get more exciting as they go on. I think our first few are a bit dull, aren't they? Let's be honest. The first few, we were just finding our feet. It was a bit wooden. It was a bit yeah, boring. But I, over at that stage. <laughs> yeah, we were all sober. Um, but yeah, as they, as they go on, they do get better, trust me. Um, right. Can I put a van I buy for dog walking through expenses and the signage on the van? Yes. Yes, there's yeah. no problem with that. Again, that's a bit more of a um a long a longer answer. So um it's a yes, but there's other caveats to it. Um give us a shout if you need help with that. Um can I take my customers out for a meal and claim for the meal? We have covered that. No. Uh, unfortunately, Natalie, that is a no. Um from Thomas Rowland, I have a question for you guys. Oh, God. Uh, how do people who are self-employed and earning a modest income manage to sort out a pension worthy of retirement? As we don't get added percentage from an employer because we are the boss, anything we can do, e.g. rental properties or any other old age security for us? Um, so it's about getting a pension, I guess, when you're self-employed. The, the thing with the pension is that 
where you say that your employer doesn't contribute, that's classed as an automatic enrollment pension, and that's a legal requirement for an employee where you contribute 3% of anything somebody earns over £520 a month. Now, the employee also has to contribute into that, and they contribute 5%, so the total contribution is 8%. As a sole trader, and I've actually got this on my list, pension payments isn't an allowable expense. However, if you contribute to a private pension where you put in whatever amount that you want, um, it basically extends your basic rate tax ban. So you'll you'll be taxed at 20% for, for further than what... So if you put 10 grand into your pension in the year, you will receive an extra 10 grand relief that you're taxed at 20% than compared to what somebody would be taxed at 40% at. So you receive extra relief when the the when you go into the higher rate tax band now when you personally pay into a pension your pension provider will automatically claim the 20 percent tax back from the government so for every 100 pounds that you put in your pension provider should claim back an additional 20 pounds from hmrc so your total monthly contribution would be 120 pounds so it is still worthwhile contributing to a pension for old age, even if you are a sole trader. And certainly as you go into the higher tax bracket, it is one of the things that we highly recommend all our clients do is get yourself a pension um, because it will save you some tax. What happens if you're not in the higher rate tax bracket then? Um, you still get 20% tax relief at the pension contributor side. So you you pay a hundred pounds. HMRC is already taxed that because remember this is this is money that you're taking out of your your business your drawings basically. Um, so when you pay that back to the pension, the pension people add twenty percent back in. So you're right. you're you're getting some relief there. So even if you are a lower rate taxpayer, by paying into a pension now, you're still getting some money back. Uh, and so. If you add that up over 20 or 30 years until retirement, that can add up to a sizable sum. But then they think the pension age keeps going up and up and up. So if, you, if you're in your 20s now, you know, by the time you get to 50, the pension age will probably be 90. But that's state pension, not private Yeah, pension. well, yeah. Yeah. Right, let's have a look. Uh, next one, hope that answered your question, Tom. From Lucy, I have self-employed subcontractors... They invoice me each month and I invoice the customer. Hopefully I won't pay their tax. I put them through as subcontractors on zero. So Lucy, whenever you, if you have subcontractors working for you, um, you won't pay their tax, but you need to have a, an agreement in place, a written agreement in place with those subcontractors to make it very clear that they're self-employed and they're responsible for their own taxation. If you don't have that written agreement in place and one of them sues you in the future and says, I thought I was employed and you were meant to be dealing with my taxes, you have to be able to um, defend your position of why and and, and say very clearly that they were self-employed and that they were responsible for their their own taxes. Now, generally, because they invoiced you, there is sufficient evidence there to say that they were subcontractors and not employees because an employee wouldn't do that. However, if that person was misfed information, for argument's sake, from yourself, 
You could have said, you just need to give me an invoice every month and I'll pay you wages. Um, the, the, the subcontractor agreement, um, a, a contract of services, would dictate that they are responsible for everything. And, and, and it also gives you um, a written agreement of what you expect for them and what they should and shouldn't do for yourself. So it gives you a little bit of protection as well. But I'd certainly look again that in place. But in answer to your original question, no, you won't pay their taxes. You would pay tax on the higher amount because you, you invoice your customers, but then their invoice would be a, an expense which lowers that tax bill back down again by the value of their invoice. Um, and then they they pay taxes on the money that you give them because that forms their income. And then they have allowable expenses that gets taken away from that. The one thing to be very careful of is that these are actually subcontractors and they're not disguised employees. So just maybe look at that. Which we do have to do a podcast on. So if you're interested, go and have a look. Um, and also, if you do need help with contracts for subcontractors or employees, then let us know. Um, because we can help you out with that. Just email us at admin at thomasandclark.co.uk. Um, I'll pop um, the email on the comments uh, if you do need help with that. Um, oh, bless. Um, oh, I never know how to pronounce your name. Is it Kyra, Kiara? I'm really sorry. I'm crap at names. Um, she said, I found the first few podcasts great for giving me a wee push on how to look at things differently, money mindset uh, and prices in different areas. So. Bless you. So there you go. A recommendation to listen to the first few. Um, Rachel, do pension contributions need to come out of business account or drawings? Uh, drawings. Drawings. There you go. Um, fabulous. So there was a lot of questions. Thanks, guys. It's always nice if you actually have some questions, put them in and we can answer them uh, rather than us just sort of going through uh, our favourite ones. Uh, it's nice to have actual examples, which may be obviously relevant to everyone else. Um, do you know anything about premium bonds? I took some money from my business account and then premium bonds. So the stuff on pensions and premium bonds things is a, something you need to discuss with a financial advisor. Uh, they are slightly different to us uh, sometimes, especially with pensions. We can't tell you which ones to get because we're not legally allowed. Um, from a personal point of view, I have premium bonds, um, but that's just because I didn't want to put my money in anything else because I was too scared. <laughs> uh, and premium bonds are safe. So that's why I picked them personally. And SNI, National Savings and Investment Premium Bonds, are not taxable. So if you have bought some and you have winnings, then you don't pay tax on those, the same as if that money was in an ISA. Um, they're the only two that generally you don't pay tax on. So if you've got money in a, in a standard savings account, the interest is paid to you gross, and therefore you have to pay the, the tax that's due on the savings over HMRC. But don't panic. You do have a an allowance that accounts for savings. Uh, if you're a higher rate taxpayer, it's reduced to 500. If you're a lower rate taxpayer, it's a thousand pounds you have to have some considerable money in an account to earn a thousand pound of interest in a year. Um, so sometimes normal savings accounts provide you with, with better rates of return than an ISA. So you're better off using your savings allowance in a normal savings account to begin with before investing in an ISA because ISAs are generally at a lower percentage. Um, but, but your NSNI, if you, and the premium bond, if you pay for it out of your business account, it is classed as drawings. Um, but any any winnings that you get back from them is, again, tax-free and doesn't need to go into self-assessment. 
I won £100 last month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My uh, Laura was trying to get me to put my money in like stocks and shares, ISAs, and it just terrified me and I got scared and took it out. Um, But that's just me. Right. Um, We've gone through quite a few. Um, One we did want to just quickly mention was own wages when you're using software. Is there not an expense? I know a lot of people classify it as net salary expense if you're using free agent. Um, Just be very careful because that will then classify as an expense, which your wages are not. Um, So make sure that you change them to drawings. And that's money paid to user, which will then automatically change it to drawings um, on the software. So just be mindful of that. Um, what else have you got? Um, private proportion of assets. So, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and if you would like to fall asleep, please play this podcast when you're about to go to bed. <laughs> really quickly, I'll explain it. So you buy a business plan, um, you use plan <sighs> for 60% business, 40% personal. You can only claim the 60% as part of the, the annual investment allowance. I won't go into the whys and the wherefores and how you do it, but you have to restrict the claims to exclude your personal usage of any asset that you buy for the business. Um, so that it's the personal part that is the disallowable expense. And cars are different to vans. Yeah, indeed. So again, that this would be like a whole nother podcast and probably something you'd need to listen to with some alcohol just to keep you awake. Um, But if you have a car or a van and you're unsure of how to do it, then uh, my advice would be to speak to a bookkeeper or an accountant uh, to get them to do it for you. Because obviously if you do it wrong, there could be implications and you may not um, do, you know, you might pay more tax when you didn't need to, et cetera. So uh, my advice, if you bought vans or cars, that can make a considerable difference to your uh, tax bill, then um, I would definitely invest in an accountant because that will save you a hell of a lot of money. Um, You're welcome, Rachel, no problem. I hope everyone's found it really useful. Um, I had everything off my very extensive list. Um, (laughs) Always got more. I'm annoyed by that. This this is Lee's favourite. You know, what, what I think next week we'll have. What can you put through? Oh, like three or four on that list. <laughs> yeah, this is about one. <laughs> Accountants' expenses, we do class as an expense. A lot yeah. of people don't realise that. But <laughs> if you do have an accountant or a bookkeeper, we are an allowable expense. The utilities calculator is also an allowable expense. So please purchase it if you do need your own account. Honestly, there's loads of people in this group that have purchased it and have saved an absolute fortune on their tax bill that they wouldn't have done had they not purchased it generally a a client will save more money using the utilities calculator than what they will do put in HMRC's flat rate expenses through the business. Um, Typically, it's two to three times the value of what HMRC would generally allow you to claim on a flat rate calculator. So it's highly, highly worth it, Um, which also brings me on to another one of my points that uh, mortgage payments. So if you use your home for work, your mortgage payment is not an allowable business expense, but the interest that the mortgage company charges you on that mortgage is. And the the utility calculator allows you to put that in along with the other things that would be classed as part of the home and and the bills that go with it. 
Um, you can put in the number of rooms in your house that, that you have. You list the number of rooms that you have for the use of business. It does a lot of calculations in the background and it comes out and says, great news, put X number of pounds in your accounts this year as an allowable expense. It is brilliant. It is simple to use and it will save you money. And it comes with instructions. So if you're thinking, oh, God, I can't use technology, it is basically a spreadsheet. Um, it's two pages. One tells you how to use it, and the other one is basically just fill in the blanks. Um, and like I said, it will guaranteed to save you money. Um, I know there's one person put in the group that literally saved her like hundreds and hundreds of pounds on a tax bill. Um, so please invest if you're doing your own account. Obviously, if you are a client of ours, you do not need to purchase it because we will use it for your accounts anyway. Obviously, if you want to do it just because you want to know how much it is month by month, then that's absolutely fine. Um, but obviously, just to be clear for clients out there, if you don't want to do it yourself, don't waste your money. We will do it for you anyway and we'll use it uh, for your tax return. Um, I'm conscious that we've been on a little while. Do you have any more just really exciting ones before we go? Yeah, Spotify subscriptions. Oh, yes, that's a good one. I'm like, yes, yes, Spotify, because they're listening to educational podcasts like the Pet Accountant Podcast. Why not? Because Spotify is for personal use only, is not set up. What was if you don't use it for personal use? But then why, no, how would you use <laughs> Spotify for personal use? Because you might just use it to listen to educational podcasts. It doesn't matter. <laughs> why? <laughs> So Spotify, unfortunately, um, is not a commercial product that you can't listen to in a commercial setting. And therefore, it's, 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 it's just a private thing that you like to listen to music. And again, if you do have music playing in your place of work and clients can overhear that music, you do need a music license. So be very, very careful. Certainly, if, you know, inadvertently, if you've got a staff room, and that staff room is linked to a reception area or the music can be heard in the reception area. Uh, or if somebody rings and there's music playing in the background, you need a music license. So please, please be careful with that one. Um, oh, bloody hell. The other one then that goes hand in hand with that is Amazon subscription. Amazon Prime. <laughs> I was literally about to say that. I always see Amazon Prime. This is a real, real tough one because I see clients all the time that likes to buy things from Amazon and there will be hundreds of purchases from Amazon. And Amazon Prime gives you the free delivery. So my mind is, is that if we can justify the offset between the delivery charges that you would have paid and the $7.99 subscription charge, then I would generally allow it. However, if we're seeing Amazon once or twice a month, and really you're using Amazon for the, the, the video delivery service, the, the Amazon books, then that's not an allowable expense. And we have to be really careful because generally speaking, Amazon Prime is, is, is not an allowable expense because of the other benefits that come with. You can't just get the Amazon delivery service. So we've yeah. got to be careful with that one. And that one's like one that I'm on the fence with. Um, yeah, it's difficult because I know a lot of groomers and and uh, walkers buy a lot of stuff off Amazon. So yeah, it's it is, isn't it? Not. And and look, generally, I the those are the ones I wouldn't say I sneak through, but if I genuinely <laughs> am saving money by claiming that seven ninety nine, then I would much rather put that through because ultimately HMRC will will have 
um, more taxation. They will tax you more than if we were to put through all of the separate deliveries that you've had and the, the separate delivery charges. So actually, HMRC is in a better position, whereas self, mm. you know, it's a, it's a win-win on both sides. So very, very difficult. Yeah. What if you um, have Amazon through your business account? What is it like a, an Amazon business account? I'm assuming so. Yes, then that, that's an allowable because it doesn't have all those extra bits and pieces added in with that. So you, that would be an allowable expense. Um, Claire just put, sorry, mate, missus, can you claim for walking boots? I'm assuming she's a dog walker. Yeah, this is a this is the contention. This is a this is a, a yes and then a, a no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yes, <laughs> but it makes sense. They walk every day. It does make sense, and and to a degree, I I sympathise with the dog walkers. And on the flip side of that, it's open to abuse if we were to say yes, it's allowable. The problem with is HMRC has two very specific industries where shoes are allowable. One of them is the NHS nurses. I believe the other one is the police force. Apart from that, shoes are not an allowable expense because you'd have to wear shoes, whatever you did, unless you turn up to work with no shoes, which is highly unlikely. Uh, And this is where wellies come into play as well, (laughs) because it's a wellie, it's still a shoe, and therefore it's not an allowable expense. However, if you have to have a certain shoe that you could put a logo on that becomes part of your uniform, then it's then uniform and could be allowable. It's a stretch, but could be. Yeah. Abby's put she's a no on that one too. Well, screw you <laughs> It's a constant argument in, in our office. I'm like, but why? And I'm like, but why? No, Abby's the other accountant that works with us. Um, so yes, Abby's not just some random like, that is that is coming on agreeing with us. Uh, if you're watching the uh, Meet the Team series, uh, you will see lovely Abby uh, was on here recently. Um, she does work for us. <laughs> um, right, we've got we've got loads. I mean, we could go on all night. Just very quickly, um, Rachel, if, if your pet's sitting overnight, can you claim for food? I think we said yes to this when we had the time. If, you are, if your pet's sitting at someone else's house overnight i think this depends on whether or not this is a regular occurrence and whether or not you have the ability to cook food if you have the ability to cook food and you're staying as a as a as a one-off and it doesn't usually happen then yes we would allow the the food whilst you're staying out if it's within a regular part of your role and you you constantly stay out then you still got to eat and therefore we have to weigh up whether or not it's allowable expense or a disallowable expense because it's 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 pattern parcel of of human nature you have to eat food mm. convenient and you know we we would probably allow a snack but allowing the full evening meal i think it would be very very hard for us to justify that from from a, a taxation investigation point of view um, but like I said, if it's if it's a, a one-off or, or just once a month, then absolutely. But if it's a regular job, day in day out, with regular clients, they expect you to use their microwaves, they expect you to use their cookers, their fridges, and therefore you have the ability to buy food, take it there, and cook it as you would do if you were at home. So 
You know, the, the inconvenience when you stay away at a hotel is the fact that you don't have the cooking facilities. You can't physically make the food and therefore the evening meal in the pub is allowable because you haven't got that convenience. Whereas when you're staying in somebody else's house, then you could and should have that, that ability to, to make the food. Fabulous. Right. We will leave it there. We will do another one next week on allowable expenses, which is the fun part. <laughs> um, we'll give you some good news of stuff that you may well not have thought about to put through your accounts. Um, which... Before we go, is oh. personal tax bills. Oh, yes. Stop putting them through your bloody accounts. HMRC, paying to HMRC is not an allowable expense. So please put them as drawings if you're using software, because that is one that I see all the time. Unless you're um, a for, company, when it is allowed to go to the accounts. And this is why you need an accountant, everyone, because HMRC is, rules are just ridiculous. Um, so if you haven't got one um, and you're searching for one, then you know who to call. Um, we will leave it there for now. Next week, we will do allowable expenses uh, we've gone through quite a bit today, which is really good. Thank you so much for all the questions. Uh, a quick update from us. Um, the new business essentials course that we um, made, myself and me, which covers a lot of this stuff. Um, it covers expenses, uh, record keeping, social media, HMRC, um, literally everything you need to know if you're a new business. And I just have to stress that if you're new to being self-employed and you haven't got a clue what you're doing and all this sort of stuff helped, then the new business essentials course has just been approved by IPET. Um, so it is worth 10 PGR points, uh, is an allowable expense, um, and it has just got their seal of approval. So if you are new to business or fairly new and you're literally useless when it comes to the tax and finance side, then please, please, please get the new business essentials course because all of the stuff we've um, talked about today um, will be on that course. Okay, we go through everything in fine detail. There's about 10 hours worth of stuff on there. It's got full of freebies that you can download and workbooks and everything like that. So at least just put a link um, to the course. You can get it via the website. It's only £99, which is an allowable expense. The link um, it is... Sorry, but the, the, the training, oh. if you, on the website, if once you're on our website, if you click the training tab, that will take you to the course. There you go. So go on the website, petaccountant.co.uk, go on the training tab, and you can download the course. Like I said, it's 10 hours. It's videos like we're just doing now, mainly chatting about various different things. And um, like I said, if you're a new business, if you're five years in, 10 years in, don't please don't purchase it because it will not help you. Um, this is for new businesses only. So just, and I guaranteed, I will personally give you your money back if you don't find it useful, okay? Um, that is how confident we are. I will personally drive to your house and give you £99 back in cash. <laughs> um, we are that confident um, that that's how good it is. Uh, but you can't say it's crap just because you want me to turn up and have a drink. Darren, that does our podcast, if you could just scrap that for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't say it's crap just because you want me to come up and have a, have a chinwag. <laughs> um, but no, generally it's been approved by iPad. So please, 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 if you're new, please get it because it will be very, very useful because we go through stuff like this uh, anyway thank you very much for listening like i said this will be pinned to the top of the group so you can watch it back or you can listen to it in the pet account podcast 
It'll hopefully get uh, released next week. Uh, it'll be a job for Darren. Um, and we will see you next week. Um, <laughs> Sally's put, it was shit, the bottle's open. <laughs> it depends on the bottle. If it's gin, Sally, I'm there. If it's lovely wine, I'm there. Um, but yes, <laughs> that's what we do. It was shit. Um, but yes, next week we'll do allowable expenses. Um, and as always, use the group to full advantage. It's free. We are in there checking questions and, and commenting as and when we can. Um, and in September, we've got some news because we shan't be here, but we will be here. Um, so we will feel all near the time. Uh, go and enjoy your Wednesday night. Have yourself a beverage or a cup of tea or coffee. Um, and we will catch you guys next week. Take care all. Have a good week. See you later, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.